the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day, and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead. And I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney, and I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. In addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I'm a master of the laws of taxation laws, and I'm also a master of the laws of intellectual property laws. Now, both of my great master's degrees in law were obtained from my favorite alma mater, Golden Gate University School of Law, which is located in the beautiful city of San Francisco, California. Now, because of my training, my experiences, and my lifelong interest in the world of money and business and finance and wealth creation and wealth transfer, and the roles that these particular aspects of economics play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. Yes, bankruptcy law. And I also uh, practice uh, debt wealth management, uh, estates and trusts, real estate, and, uh, of course, taxation law, because all of these areas of law have to do with economics, business, finance, wealth creation, and wealth transfer. And I'm also proud to say that as part of my general practice, I also have the opportunity to at least seek out and vindicate the rights of seniors who find themselves the targets of some of the more Uh, pernicious forms of financial elder abuse that's running rampant in our society today because of the economic downturn and also because there are people that like to take advantage of people always. So I'm coming to you again today uh, in my continued voluntary lockdown from my makeshift studios. And you would not believe how makeshift it is today. (laughs) And my studios in my home in another great world-class city, that is to say the beautiful city of Oakland, California, And I'm coming to you today to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting individuals, families, and, of course, small business owners. However, I must, as always, once again, please ask you to note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that's tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances, and hopefully to provide you with at least a general outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find qualified professional help, Uh, because you really do need to find uh, help if you're dealing with your finances and your other assets. And I do this because, as I'm known for saying, I believe that representing yourself in a legal matter, especially one concerning your financial assets, 
It's just like taking a butter knife to a gunfight. And uh, the analogy is simple. Yeah, if you take a butter knife to a gunfight, you're probably going to be the one that's going to be carried out on a stretcher. And I'm not talking about violence because I am not a violent person, but I'm talking about the fact that your valid claims and your righteous defenses will likely see the promised land way before you do, because your opponents will become, they will come to the dance prepared to dance and you're going to be like scratch your head. And it's not that lawyers are smarter than uh, regular folks, because we are regular folks, and sometimes we make big boo-boos, but, you know, at least we understand the procedures and some of the other issues that are involved in a legal matter. So, I must once again share with you the purpose of Selwyn's Law, in case you haven't guessed it. It's to discuss <clears throat> your money, and more probably than not, in these t- trying times, the lack thereof, and your overall finances and what you may need to consider to protect yourself and or your family and or your businesses, financial health, wealth, and money-related well-being, as I understand these concepts in a non-threatening educational form. So some of you ask, why do I produce this show each week? Well, like one of my heroes from the civil rights movement that I grew up in, and that is to say the late, great Congressman John Lewis, who um, was laid to rest this past June, July 30th. And I believe this show is helping me fulfill one of my moral obligations to the center of the universe. And that's by getting into and staying in what uh, Congressman Lewis called good trouble. And he challenged us all to get involved in providing good, valuable information to the rest of society. And in my instance, I want to provide vetted, truthful information concerning the intersection of the law and finance as it impacts our economic well-being. And I have a duty to provide this information to everyone. But as you know, I have a special place in my heart because I am a woman of African descent here in America to make sure that black and brown women especially learn about a process that can help them reclaim their financial viability, especially since uh, black and brown women have been mostly harmed by the pandemic. They've been harmed physically with their health, but also by their finances. And I've heard from a bunch of you uh, since last week, and you wanted me to go over again Uh, what I call bankruptcy 101, so you'll be grounded in it. So, again, why bother with bankruptcy? Well, unfortunately, as often happens in an economic downturn, individuals, companies, and even governments find themselves in a position where they're unable to pay their debts, either as they come due or maybe even ever. This situation is also known as being in financial distress. And where debts are large enough, they can create a great deal of continuing economic hardship that manifests itself in a lot of very ugly ways in some instances. So sometimes this financial distress and hardship is the debtor's fault, such as when we um, make improvident financial decisions. And sometimes it isn't such as an unanticipated medical expense that's not covered by our insurance or when we go through a divorce 
or as a result of a misplaced trust in a business associate who commits embezzlement or as a result of a vindictive person with control over our means of making a living. Or it could be the result of a pandemic that shuts down all non-essential business and some essential businesses because of lack of, of income. And, uh, and they're doing this for good reason, to save lives. And as a result, the financial distress is not only borne by the business owner, but also by her employees. Now, regardless of the causes of the distress, as, as the case may be, the laws of the United States of America provide a remedy that is spelled out in Article 1, Section 8 of our United States Constitution. And that section charges the United States Congress with developing uniform laws on the subject of bankruptcies and, and is currently manifest by the United States Bankruptcy Code, uh, the federal rules of bankruptcy procedure, along with the appropriate federal and or state codes statutes, and case law. Now, bankruptcy is a legal procedure that can be used by individuals, companies, governments, and uh, entities, other entities that are insolvent. That is to say, when they owe more money than they're able to timely repay according to the contract or the other agreement that they entered into to repay that debt. Now, bankruptcy allows a debtor to be released from all or part of her debt. However, bankruptcies can also be used by individuals, companies, and governments who may be solvent on paper but may lack the liquidity to pay their debts when they come due because they might have assets, but they might be hard assets that are difficult to quickly liquidate, such as real property. In a, in a market that does not have a lot of buyers wanting to buy real property. Now, in the case of solvent debtors, uh, they may seek the time to gain the necessary liquidity by either negotiating a consensual agreement with the other party to their contract, or they get the time they need to liquidate their illiquid assets and then pay their debts and, that is to say, retire their debts. Now, when a person or an organization initiates a bankruptcy procedure, we say they file a petition with their local bankruptcy court, asking the court to place the debtor under the protection of that court, where the, in the case of a Chapter 7, that is a liquidating bankruptcy, the debtor can have access to a quick and orderly liquidation of her non-exempt assets by a court-appointed Chapter 7 trustee while keeping her exempt assets to underwrite her fresh start. Or, in the case of a Chapter 11, 12, or 13, a reorganization case, the debtor is asking to be placed under the protection of the bankruptcy court to give her time to come up with a plan of reorganization wherein she can maintain the control of her assets while paying whatever the court believes is a reasonable amount back to her creditors. Now, a chance to discharge debt is a it's legally and it's unique, and it's a crucial part of our economic system. To understand why, you only need to consider the alternatives. That is, let us consider what happens to debtors who weren't able to pay their debts before the bankruptcy process was invented. 
It meant a loss of their freedom or in a debtor's prison, and in some instances, a loss of life and limb, and also the life of their family to slavery. So this week, my goal is to provide you with a list of the key players in the bankruptcy process and give you an overview of their functions. And we'll do that when we come back by continuing our refresher course on Bankruptcy 101. So first, we're going to take a short break, and I'll see you on the other side. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion of today's topic, Bankruptcy 101. That is to say, we're digging a little bit deeper into the the whys and the what's of bankruptcy, why it's important and necessary to an economic system that we call capitalism and just How does it work? Well, who are the key players in the bankruptcy process? They are the debtor or debtors, because sometimes more than one uh, debtor gets consolidated into a single bankruptcy case, such as when spouses um, uh, file, because you're entitled to file as an individual, but spouses can file in a single case. Also, uh, artificial people, Uh, such as a corporation with subsidiaries, they might file in a consolidated bankruptcy case. So that's why I say the debtor or debtors. And that is the person or entity in financial distress. And then another key player is the debtors or are the debtors creditors. And those are persons or entities to whom the debtor owes money or some other thing of value. Now, we the last several weeks, we've gone into great detail about debtors and creditors. But uh, uh, there's a couple other components or key players that, you know, it, it, it's intuitive that they should have them, but sometimes people don't. That is to say the debtor's attorney. And that is an individual who is a fiduciary of the debtor and is hired by the debtor to assist the debtor in running the gambit of the bankruptcy process. And I do mean sometimes it's a gambit and sometimes you do have to run to get out of the way of things that are falling and traps that are beneath. And just as uh, the debtors have attorneys or should have attorneys, as I've shared with you before, remember taking a butter knife to a gunfight, the creditors also have attorneys, and they likely will always have an attorney unless it's a small mom-and-pop creditor. I think they also need to have an attorney. Again, the creditor's attorney is an individual or a firm who is also a fiduciary of the creditor and is hired by to hide the creditor, is hired by the creditor to assist the creditor in collecting as much of the creditor's outstanding balance due from the debtor as is legally allowed. And they sometimes in uh, uh, Chapter 11 cases, they coalesce in a committee to assist the trustee and the court to make sure that creditors are treated fairly in bankruptcy. And so we know the constitutional uh, uh, um, part of the bankruptcy code, the, the constitutional founding of the bankruptcy, um, Article One, uh, 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 Section Eight, but there are also other uh, uh, constitutional bases 
for creditors to have protection, uh, in the Fifth Amendment and the Fourteenth Amendment, and then we've gone over that as well. The other key player in the process is the bankruptcy court itself. Now, in most instances, a debtor or a creditor will never appear before a bankruptcy court. But in some uh, reorganizations, such as Chapter 11, and uh, I'd say more so in a Chapter 12, but maybe not so much, you have to go before a court quite a bit. So the court is composed of the bankruptcy judge and his or her staff. Okay, so a bankruptcy judge is an Article One judge who's been paneled by the district circuit court for the district court um, uh, that um, uh, is the court where, closest to where either the debtor, if he, she's an individual, lives, or if it's an artificial entity, where its headquarters is, or it might be where its a primary place of business is. Now, these uh, uh, courts, these bankruptcy courts, are appended to the local district court. They're federal courts, okay? And an Article One judge is different from an Article Three judge. Article Three of the United States Constitution is the federal judiciary branch. And, you know, it's headquartered by the Supreme Court, and then there are subpending uh, courts under the uh, Supreme Court all the way down to the district courts. Judges are appointed for life if they're Article Three judges. They go through a process where they are, are, appear before the Senate, who advises and consents. The president selects them. The Senate confirms them, and they are impaneled for life unless they get into trouble and they might be impeached. Article one judges, such as bankruptcy judges and also tax court judges, come from the Congress. Again, bankruptcy is a part of the Congress. So they come from the Congress, and so that's why they're appointed for a shorter duration. It's not for life. They get re-impaneled ever so often until they decide that they no longer want to be a bankruptcy judge. Also part of the court is the judge's staff. These are lawyers and non-lawyers who help the judge research and analyze the legal issues in the debtor's case. Then there's another key player in the process, the Office of the United States Trustee, a subunit of the Department of Justice whose job, along with that of the other officers of the court, is to police the bankruptcy process and maintain its integrity. And it also recruits and sets up panels of trustees whose job is to closely uh, monitor the day-to-day activities of debtors. Now, I said that the Office of the United States Trustee is a subunit of the Department of Justice. And part of their job to maintain the integrity is to go after bad guys who do not belong in bankruptcy, who are trying to take advantage of the system. Just as an aside, one of my colleagues called me recently about a particular potential client who wanted to use my colleague's services to file a bankruptcy. And as I'm known for saying, there was something hinky about this case that might have, you know, been a situation where 
this particular debtor probably needed to hire a criminal attorney because it sounded to me like there might have been some kind of activity that was untoward. And once you, you know, put your big fat foot up in a bankruptcy court, um, everybody's going to be looking at it, but especially the Department of Justice. Again, their job is to maintain the integrity and they have the ability to um, make a debtor who does not belong in bankruptcy because of how they obtain the debt. They have a duty to go after uh, that particular debtor and maybe make a referral to um, other parts of the Department of Justice to prosecute the activities of a debtor. Bankruptcy is very serious. I tell people to take it very seriously. And to that's one of the reasons why you might want to talk to a lawyer before you decide to take uh, uh, to file your petition in bankruptcy court. So let's talk about the trustees. There's different classifications of trustees. Again, they're the folks appointed, they're vetted and recruited by um, the Office of the United States Trustee, and they're impaneled they're for Chapter 7 trustees, or they might, they're based on the territory if they're Chapter 13 or Chapter 12 trustees. So a Chapter 7 trustee is, is utilized in a liquidating case. That's where you want to liquidate your debt, but you have to turn over your non-exempt assets for the, the Chapter 7 trustee to liquidate by finding funds to pay off as many of your creditors as possible and also fund the trustee and her staff of professionals. Then another kind of trustee is a Chapter 13 trustee and also a Chapter 12. So 13 is for individuals with regular income, and that could be income via sole proprietor business, but they have to be individuals. Chapter 12 trustees are a monitor the process for family farmers and family fisher persons. Those, those are the individuals that can file Chapter 12. And uh, so, again... 13s are individuals with regular income, and Chapter 12s are individuals or entities with regular income, and at least 50% of that income comes from the business of farming or fishering. I think that's a word. And there's also uh, a new kind of trustee, a a subchapter 5, Chapter 11 trustee. Now, they're geared, or their purpose in life or why they were created by Congress with input from the insolvency industry and judges was to reduce the expenses of regular Chapter 11s by expediting the process and eliminating or reducing some of the requirements for small business debtors. So a Chapter 11 is a big to-do. So the idea was to to miniaturize it as much as possible and reduce a lot of the uh, uh, processes that were involved to make it more economically feasible for a mom-and-pop business, for example. And then there's another player who is an examiner who is sometimes appointed by the court to ferret out the truth about a debtor's finances and or the management of her business when it appears that maybe some impropriety or some other mischief is going on on behalf of the debtor in possession. So a debtor in possession is the name of a debtor in a Chapter 11 case, be it a regular Chapter 11 or it be uh, the subchapter 511 for uh, small businesses. 
So, you know, I, I'm taking the time. I've gone through this before, but, you know, it's been over a year. But we really need to come up to snuff on that because it is projected that once the pandemic is over, um, there's going to be a fork in the road. People with a lot of money are going to do fine. If they have investments in the stock market, they're doing fine already. But if you're an individual, uh, a family, and especially if you're a woman of color, you might find that your only choice is to file for a bankruptcy to reclaim your economic life. So we need to really educate ourselves so we can be able to take advantage of this of the bankruptcy process. And by that, I mean legitimately utilize it to help resolve our financial issues and get on with our financial lives. Okay, so we're going to continue our discussion in the coming weeks. But for now, we're going to leave it there. But as always in closing, I like to say here at Selwyn's Law, we always want to stay on the right side of the law, including the laws of bankruptcy and their positive effects on our economy and on our families and on our small businesses' economic well-being. Till next time, please, we're still in the middle of this pandemic. Keep your social distance, mask up, wash your hands. Bye for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content.